Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi. We're back to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, this is Apocalypse now, and I am Tim. I'm Dustin. And yes, uh, after having a well fun-filled episode last week talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, this week we return to the misty mists of the mist, joys and trials, and <laughs> all around just. Full-scale awfulness that is The Mist. Yeah, occasionally occasionally I will let my kids watch something that is wholly inappropriate for children to watch. And tonight, since it's kind of the last night before they go away to sleepaway camp, they were like, can we stay up and watch your show with you and Tim? And I was like, it's just The Mist. <laughs> I have no problem with them watching something that bad. Yeah. Because it's not going to scar. They'll, you know, be a fun story for them when they're in their twenties. You know, <laughs> she's like, "Do you remember the dad let us watch that really bad show where the old lady got naked?" Like, <laughs> um, that. And but it's funny. I like to do it because occasionally it's like the kids will point out things like how bad some mm-hmm. of the, you know, uh plot points are they're like why are they doing that right (laughs) yeah the whole show unfortunately is that um you know we've been complaining for uh or i've been complaining certainly every every episode we've watched of this show there's Mm -hmm. no sense of time right there's no sense of is this you know how many days have gone by how many you know is it morning is it night is it you know Mm -hmm. when when is this show and we finally, tonight, got the time frame. It has, this whole thing has taken a week. Right. Seven days for all of these people to lose their goddamn minds. Right. And no. No, I'm sorry. There's no. And I figured out what it is. It's not that I can't see a bunch of people going, you know, crazy in a short period of time. It certainly happens. But remember in the movie... How they were constantly being attacked. Right. There was by always creatures. there was always a threat of something alien. And then it was and then the threat came from inside because people were snapping. People, yeah. People were losing their mind. But there was an external threat that you could see and feel. Right. All the big bugs showed up and then there were the tentacles and I mean this yeah. is, it was nightmare fuel. It was pure, unadulterated and you know terrifying things that were out there trying to get in. Yes, nothing is trying to get in. No, it's... There's no... Basically, the biggest... The likelihood of being killed by the mist on this show is actually fairly small. Right. Statistically speaking. Getting killed by the nutso... The nutso nameless character who will appear for one episode Mm -hmm. to be the nutso nameless character is very high. Right. So, tonight we watched episodes 7 and 8 of The Mist. Yes. Um, and in episode 7, they're still... Um, Kevin and the gang are still lexing up the hospital. <laughs> because, like, seriously... So, so in episode 6, um, the, the electricity failed, and then the, um, the generators failed... And because the generators failed, the um, all the automatic doors opened on the hospital. And so they ran, because that's how electric doors work. They no, don't just no. stop. No, it's not, it's not how they do it. That's not, that's not how anything it works. It doesn't just stop. It just, they, they actually, you know. This whole show is a whole lot of, that's not how that works. Right. So they they run to the only place where... The electric doors will stay closed, and it's the psych ward. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So they get there, and there's only one dude in there, and he's obviously a patient. 
Like, oh, so it's so it's Kevin and and Mia who still consistently is the best character on the show, <laughs> although she takes a detour in episode seven. Oh god! Uh, not Brian, Adrian, and Bully Jock number two, who somehow ended up in the hospital. I don't remember him being part of the group here at the end of the previous episode. Now, it's been a couple of weeks since we watched it. Right. But I was kind of surprised to actually see him there. Yeah. I was like, why is... How did... Okay, never mind. I don't How care. did Bully Jock number two? And well, I don't care. But he <laughs> ended up going with right, them. Right, yeah. He's ended, he ends up in the psych ward with them. Um, so... Yeah, they, see, they run into this guy who's like all welcoming. He's like, well, yeah, guys. I mean, there's all these empty rooms. You can, they're all made up, got beds and stuff, you can, you know, yeah. pick, pick one. But it's still pretty obvious that he's he's a patient. Like, he's real loopy. Like, you know, really, like, the doctors were here. I remember your mom, she had a good soul, I could see her soul. Well, and they ask him what's wrong with Kevin, and he's like, um... It's like, oh yeah, well he was just drugged by a crazy doctor. And he goes, geez, don't I know all about yeah, that? Like, red flag, red yeah. flag, hello. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Mia decides that at this point she is tired of being a junkie and going through withdrawals. So she is going to go through rapid withdrawal. Rapid which, detox. Rapid detox, which I don't know is a thing. So it is. Uh, I felt compelled to look it up online because this show does many things wrong, like, you know, right. light and time and sound. And so I looked it up and I went, okay, well, rapid detox is in fact a thing. Okay, I was very... Like... And her description of how it works is correct in very broad strokes. There's a lot of detail that she read out and I read the details because <laughs> I was like I don't buy this for a second and it's wrong but it's not egregiously wrong I hate I, I will give them credit for they kind of sat there and went well if we kind of do this and this and this it's kind of like what yeah. really happens um, although I'm pretty sure that the way she's restrained to the bed is going to get her killed right I mean that would be it's, she's gonna like break bones and um, yeah so she's she goes. She goes to get these drugs from the clearly um, easy access uh, psychotropic drug section of, <laughs> of the mental institution or the, uh, the psych ward, um, and then she goes because Brian doesn't want not Brian doesn't want anything to do with her, right? Because a couple episodes, or I guess last episode, she went off to try and go to her mom's place and find her bag of stuff. Right, her money, her money, and her drugs, and her and, she, and her completely awesome backstory from before all of this started. <laughs> yeah, and her mom, the, the 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 not ghost of her not of her mom appeared and tried to kill her to kill herself and all the things. But she wants to explain herself to not Brian, and he's like, "I'm not, ha- I don't want to talk to you." And she's like, "Your name's not really Brian, not Brian." And he's like, "Oh no, I am exposed." And so she tells him her sad story. And he says, oh, that's very sad. And then she comes up and says, I didn't have anything to live for. And now I do. And I said, you've known him for like two days. And you you <laughs> think you know his real name now. Right. Like, not that you that you know his real name. You think you kind of got an idea that it might be Jeremiah. I'm so certain that the average junkie emotionally can tell that they are... Deeply, deeply in love with some guy she met a couple of days ago. I trust these emotions that she's oh, feeling. Good. I'm glad. You did. <laughs> no, because, no, I don't trust them at all. While I still will contend that Maya is the best, Mia yeah. is her name. Mia, I've been saying Maya. Mia is the best character on the show. This is just out of out of the question wrong. Yeah. Like so, she goes. She does this rapid detox. She's tied to the bed and. And she screams and cries, and she first she tells him first she goes, I'm "Not Brian, if any, if even if I say untie me, don't untie me because that's not how this works. I want I need to be tied to the thing." And so then it cuts like it smash cuts to her <laughs> like lying in the bed, going, "Untie me, not Brian, untie me. I'll tell you all the things I know." And she goes, "Oh," <laughs> he's like, "Nope." And so then he has a PTSD flashback 
about being electroshock therapied, mm-hmm. and this crazy lady like like reading him words, and it kind of helped him through. Yeah, that's whatever. some sort of uh, some. Pro- it looks kind of like you know some sort of mental programming. Uh, there's some sort of keywords to trigger, um, you know, him to not be panicking or whatever yeah. whatever it is they're doing to him. It's very odd. Um, the you know by the way the, they do this. And she says, you know, we have to find a room far away. I don't know how big the psych ward is. Oh, apparently, yeah, gigantic. It's many, many, many leagues from one end to the other. Because <laughs> this hall has many rooms. Because, you know, she starts screaming and thrashing around and nobody comes running. Yeah. There are other people in this place and nobody's like, pardon me, what's going on down here? Why have you got her tied to the bed? What's going on? Yeah. You people are weird. Right. None of this happens. Uh, she just thrashes around and... You know, and the, the, okay, so, so the shortest versions of rapid detox take like several hours. Uh-huh. Okay. In the, in this course of time, um, I guess, because again, this show does time so poorly. Mm-hmm. Time on this show makes no damn sense. Uh, so meanwhile, Adrian, Adrian the evil kid. Oh, wait, well, hang on, stop. Because... Mia makes makes it through her not her detox, and not Brian is there to help her, and she's fine. By the end of episode seven, she's like, "Ah, oh, everything worked." And if you've ever known someone who suffers from a severe opioid addiction, again, this is not how any of this works. No. And her, you know, no, she's she just needs to take a shower because yeah. you know, she's all sweaty and gross. Right. Again, that's not how this works. So, oh, it's just, and by the way, she's not actually cured. By the way, she's not. This is not she's a... Not, she's not no longer an addict. She just doesn't have the... She's not doesn't have anything in her system that's making her... She has radically forced the chemicals out of her body. This right. is something that basically should leave her eh, more or less unconscious at this point. Right. She should be exhausted yeah. and barely able to move. No, this is not how it happens. And and she's got... And it's not like she's not going to have drug cravings. It's just that she's done with the withdrawal symptoms now. Yeah. She's still mm-hmm. going to want to do the drugs. She, of course, will recover from this miraculously, just like Brian miraculously covered from his gunshot wound because... Right. Yeah. Reasons. Well, like I said, Tim brought that up and was like, that was last episode. <laughs> no one remembers what happened in the <laughs> last oh, episode. Uh, uh, so meanwhile, um, Adrian and uh, Bully Jock number two, mm-hmm. who, if you remember, bully he and Bully Jock Last in episode six, had a real violent hookup. Right, like bully Adrian like confronted him in the bathroom, and then bully Jock beat him up, and then they ended up like hooking up, all bloody and gross, and and then now bully Jock is with them, and yeah, they're lying in in on two beds in the same room, and they're you know what's the worst? What Adrian says? What's the worst thing you ever done? Mm-hmm. And the, the bully jock tells a story of beating up on this kid, and it becomes very clear that it's. Hang on, he doesn't just tell a story about beating up on this kid. He tells a story about a violent sexual assault. Oh yeah, because it's like I beat him up, I broke his arm, and I said, "Is this what you want?" And then I peed all over him. Yeah, it's not just like oh schoolyard. Huffing. Right, and, uh, no. and I was going to say that <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty vile. And oh, then, yeah. yeah, as it goes on, you realize like, you're like, oh, this is obviously he's telling a story about Adrian because at the end he goes, "I'm sorry," and Adrian says, "I forgive you," and then they cuddle, and then they cuddle. Yeah, Bully Jock climbs into bed with him, and they spoon for a minute, and. Your kids were like, what is going on <laughs> what? here? He broke his arm and he's okay understand. with it? Like, what is happening? And <laughs> we were like, that's okay, kids. Nobody human acts this way. These, these aren't yeah, real people. that's literally what Tim said to them. No one human acts this way. Um, so, meanwhile, the mental patient is outside the door listening to all of this. Yeah. And so he decides to kidnap... Adrian out of the bed, out of the arms of Bully Jock number two. Uh-huh. And uh, so Bully Jock wakes up. Oh, we forgot. Kevin, who was drugged at the end of episode six, is sleeping it off. Right. 
So Bully Chalk wakes up, and he can't find Adrian, and he starts looking for him, and he wakes up Kevin, he's like, have you seen Adrian? And Kevin's like, pony! And so, <laughs> they go looking, and they find the mental patient, and he's like, oh, don't worry about Adrian, he had the evil in him, and so I've got to take care of him. And just about that time, Kevin, like, opens the closet door, like, six, like, bodies with their throat slit fall out, and you realize, oh, this crazy, uh, mental patient has been the people and really the only reason he knew they were there was because there's blood outside the door and let that be a lesson to you folks if you're going to kill people and stick them in a closet clean up after yourself i mean don't make it obvious i mean seriously people pop up a little i mean yeah but yeah so he's like oh run 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 i can you know you can't have him he's my victim yeah and they chase him and he ends up inside the room with the drugs the office of the drugs the one that that mia Effortlessly oh, broke yeah. into earlier. Just like she walked over to the door and was like, eh, snip, and walked in. And then he's like, this is the most, the, 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 the strongest door in the whole place is the room where they keep the drugs. And like, then he like turns the little, <laughs> the little, uh, like. Everything about the lock on this door is just like, if I just kicked that really hard, I could yeah. probably lean on the handle really hard and it would probably break it. Right. I mean, this is like, this is not a secure door in any way, shape, or form. This is a regular door with a regular door handle with a little push little push lock. Um, the glass in the window is reinforced glass, but mm-hmm. you know what? If you hit it hard enough, it's going to come out. But Kevin's reacting like this is just, a, you know, an impenetrable right. iron for, you know, gate that he cannot get through. It's like six-inch steel and, you know... And then, of course, every time Kevin talks, it's a, the gla- the sound is muffled, muffled by the glass. And every time the crazy guy talks, it's not. Right. I'm like, what is going on? This whole scene. And Kevin's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Hey, hey, what's your name? What's... What, yeah, how, how, did, how did your... How did, how did you come to this state? And he's like, well, you know, funny story. And, you know, and he starts and tells his tale. And it doesn't really matter. Just, it doesn't matter, and it doesn't even make any sense. Because it's... He assaulted a nun. Right. And they put him in the mental institution, because generally speaking, it's considered poor form to, to beat yeah. people terribly. And his in his mind, the... Devil, the evil is skipped. And then it, came, it jumps from person to person. Right. And so he's been beating up, kill, slash killing people to get the evil out of them. And when the doctors gave him the medicine, he couldn't, he couldn't feel the evil anymore. And, but now he feels the evil in, in Adrian, and he's going to kill him. And Now, it, part of me really wants to really consider the possibilities of how this actually happened. I mean, he's clearly a dangerous person, and they would probably have him in a locked room or some sort of restraints. Mm-hmm. Uh, even under even under the drugs, you know this is not does not appear to be a really super secure right uh, space. There's nothing about the psych ward that indicates that it's got any kind of, you know, it, there's nothing. It, it's a, it's a bunch of rooms right and a hall. There's nothing about it that's like oh yes, this is where we keep the people who are really dangerously violent. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly a violent person. But I don't care. I just don't no, care. No, nobody cares. Eventually, and Kevin eventually, like, tricks him and... Oh, the evil's in me and... and oh, this is important, though. Oh, he yeah. says, he says, how, how, prove it. And he goes, well, um, I really want to hurt you. Right. And then when I find the guy who, who raped my daughter, I'm going to, you know, stick my hand down his throat and rip out right. his intestines. And I'm like, that's really the wrong angle... And anyway, you know, it's, yeah. you know, he's, he's like doing a scene from, from Event Horizon or something he's describing here. And it's just really super violent. Adrian, by the way, uh, who is clearly guilty of something, uh, and we get find out what here soon, is the keeps, camera keeps cutting to Adrian. And he's just like, right. really big eyes <laughs> as he's listening to Kevin yeah. talk. But he's like, you're right, the evil is in you. And he opens the door and lets him have Adrian. And then he and Kevin fight. Yes. But it's, you know, I don't know how, like, much of a fight it really is. They end up, Kevin ends up killing him because, of course, he does. 
Well, Kevin has the power of righteous anger on his side or something. Right. Something other. And so that's kind of ends Kevin and his... Oh, they. So then they decide to leave the psych ward and uh, and they ask Bully Jock to come with them. And he's like, nope, we can just stay here with this dead body. Yeah, because he, he and Adrian have a little moment where Adrian's like, I just want to hold a guy's hand and walk down the street and not be afraid. And, you know, it's, everything has changed now. Right. And, and the Bully Jock's like, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Um... I, I still don't, I'm not going to be out. I'm, I'm still going to be, you know, I don't want people to think of me like they think of you, right. essentially. And Adrian's like, well, fine. Uh, the timing, of course, is perfect because at this point, uh, Mia and not Brian show up. Right. Because, again, this show has no goddamn sense of time. Right. But it's, you know, it's like, oh, we got to go. Okay, yay. And they go and... Because the mist never attacks them when they're in the car driving down the roads. Uh, they go out on their merry way. Right. Back at the church. So, poor father, whatever his name is, father Romanov, Romanov is having a real hard time. Mm-hmm. Because he let he let Link hurt it, hurt Mrs. Raven, and... And, and nobody really is trusting. He's kind of losing it. And so he kind of decides, he goes to her and he goes, we need to settle this once and for all. Again, we're talking at this point about six days in. Yeah. Okay? Six days. Okay, mm-hmm. please continue. Um, we're going to do a trial by ordeal. And that means... Oh, he also he gets beat up by the sheriff. Yeah. Um, because they're like, the sheriff's like, you know, you're responsible for this. You let, you know, you told Link to do it. He's like, well, no, I didn't, but yeah. didn't stop him. So he gets beat up pretty bad by the sheriff. Um, so the trial ordeal is going to be that Romanov and Mrs. Raven are going to go out into the, into the mist. Mm-hmm. And whichever one the mist chooses to kill will know that the other one is right, which is so freaking stupid. Oh, God, no, this is just a it's terrible thing. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Then and nobody even raises their hands like, what if you're both murdered by the mist? Or neither one of you is murdered yeah. by the mist. Or, you know, what does it actually mean if the mist kills you? Yeah. What's, what's the, you know, there's, there's no structure here. And really, okay, so you're, you're going to follow the person who isn't killed by the thing that kills people in an arbitrary manner. Right. You know, nobody, nobody's philosophy comes off well here. No. The, so you know, Catholicism does not come off well. Mrs. Raven's nature worship does not come off well. Yeah, but so he dresses up in all of his vestments, mm-hmm. and she gets completely naked. <laughs> so then she comes. Well, walk- from the front, from about um, right below the collarbone yeah, up, it's naked Francis Conroy. Right from the back, it is completely obviously a woman, probably half her age. Either that or Francis Conroy hits the gym all hard, the time. Hard. She hits it hard because, like, it's not, you know, I wouldn't say it's like a model booty, but it's, uh, you know, like, and it's obvious, like, the hair is not even the same. Yeah, I mean, the indications that Mrs. Raven is actually crazy mm-hmm. get wor- more obvious every episode. Yeah. And the fact that people are just, like, blindly following her... Right. ...is kind of insane in and itself. And it's, like, super obvious. Like, this is not a well woman kind no. of, you know, like... Because I think in episode seven is when she talks about the contrails, isn't it? Yeah, she's in there, she's talking to the sheriff. She goes, you do know that the the planes, they, they, the trails in the sky, it's, it's a medical chemical waste, and it's like... No, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they go on on this trial, and they walk outside, and they're have they're standing there, and Rome and and Mrs. Raven sitting there with her eyes closed, and Romanov has a vision of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, mm-hmm. and so he like starts to try and do the I rebuke you, I rebuke you, and then one of the horsemen pulls out a bone of bow a, a bow and arrow made of a spine, and shoots him. And uh, and drags him off into the mist. It should be a visually chilling shot, mm-hmm. and I almost giggled. Right, because it's fair. It just comes across 
very contrived. There's a lot wrong with the way that they've handled this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot wrong with the way they handle a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the way that they, like, the big three are how they handle the way that Romanoff and Raven's counterpoints of view uh, interact. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. I, don't, I can't rank them on which one is worse. Right. Um, the way that they treat Alex and Jay, her possible rapist, mm-hmm. and the way that they treat Adrian as a queer character. They're all pretty high up there. Oh yeah, no, it, there's... Um, but, but this, you know, I mean, I would be happy to watch, um... Francis Conroy, and what's his name, the actor, the guy playing Romanoff? Oh, um, Dan Butler. Dan Butler, yes. I would, I would watch Francis Conroy and Dan Butler and something with real good writing. Because they're both so good. They're both such great actors. The casting director on this film, on this show, really did strong work because yeah. they cast some great actors. You know, I feel kind of bad bashing on this show as much as we do for the very simple fact that this cast came together to produce something mm-hmm. that was creepy and chilling and, and character studies and you can tell that they were, you know, they're trying here. And it, it's like they're given such little to work mm-hmm. with properly. But you know, yeah, exactly. I would love to see the two of them actually have a real... Uh, religion versus nature worship. Yeah. Organized religion versus and, nature worship uh, And the, the part, like, because Frances Conroy has so totally, she's such a great actress, she's so totally committed to this woman who's, who's gently cuckoo mm-hmm. and probably would be completely harmless under another situation. If her husband had not been killed. Yeah. And he was there with her now. This situation would not exist, right? And her... and there's a lot of tragedy in that. Oh yeah, that this woman is not like not in control of herself, and she's so gently kind and caring, and and everything's so quiet with her. Mm-hmm. And that's the insidiousness of her character is that she gets inside. And she convinces you just by the fact that she's not a raving lunatic. Yeah. She's saying crazy things, mm-hmm. but she's saying them in a completely calm and rational voice. Dustin, come out into the mist. It won't get you. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine, Dustin. It's going to be Nature. Okay. It's nature. It's beautiful. Even right. destruction is beautiful. Even it's like... You know, even destruction is creation. No, even destruction is destruction. Right. Like... <laughs> it's no. Yeah. So, yeah... Um, so, anyway, that's kind of where the church thing ends. Well, he gets he gets gobbled up, um, and she comes back in, and then she has. We're just gonna. I'm just gonna go all the way to the through the next episode of oh, the okay. church so that we can just get through it. But basically, he, uh, you know, she comes back in and she talks to the sheriff, and he confesses that he's a terrible father, and, that and he doesn't know how to be a good father. Yeah, and that he believes that Jay raped Alex, and and he believes it not because he necessarily believes that Jay is a terrible person, he believes it because he feels that he's failed as a father and have not has not taught Jay to be a good person. Yeah. And Mrs. Raven's like, well, it's probably all Jay's fault that the mist is here. Mm-hmm. So you should kill him. Yeah, we have to go to the we have to go find Jay and kill him. And that'll end because the last the Black Spring, the thing that kind of tripped her off, um ended when supposedly, according to local legend, when someone who, who raped another girl back 100 years ago was caught and, mm-hmm. and brought to justice. So she believes that will happen. She believes that's the what's going to save the town. And because everyone's fra- psyches have become so fragile in the last several days since all of this started, um, again, there's just no sense of... Uh, not, there's not enough sense of threat here for me to buy it at all. He sits there and goes, okay, I'll go kill my son. Yeah. I'll go with you to help destroy my son to save the world. And she's like, yeah, let's go. And yeah, and so so then a couple of other people from the church decide to go with them. Um, but some decide not to. 
And so they, at the end of the episode, the sheriff and Mrs. Raven and the three or four other people that are going with two, it's two other people. Yeah, it's a husband and uh, wife. Lock the doors to the sanctuary and they pour kerosene all over the floor and they set the place on fire with the people who decide to stay behind in it. Yes, so um, we've been inside the sanctuary before, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other exits to the sanctuary. Right. There are windows in the sanctuary. Uh, people immediately start screaming, and the implication is that they're all going to die terribly. Right. Despite the fact that there are windows in the sanctuary and there are other exits to the sanctuary. And there's all, yeah, they've been out of the sanctuary in other rooms of the church. So clearly they're trapped um, and will die terribly because they yeah. don't know how to use doors or break windows or something. But yeah, that's the implication anyway, that they're all going to die. Yeah. And they go on, they go into this, there's a tunnel system underneath the city, because of course there is. Mm-hmm. And they go down there and they go on their merry, merry way. Um, so that's them. That's, that's the whole, all of that's them. All that's the, church, that's right? the whole church. Um, should we do Kevin's team? Yeah, to... let's stay with Kevin's team. We've already started with them. Um, so they are going to go, they, they get the car and they're going to go to the mall. Right. And they're driving through town because nothing is attacking them at all. And, and even though they've all lived in this town for their whole lives, none of them know the way to the mall. Because <laughs> now they're in suburbia. Right. Uh, and uh, Adrian suddenly realizes they're on his street. Yeah. Now, everything about everything that follows is, with the exception of a couple of moments, is completely wrong. Yeah. It's real bad. This, yeah. So they, he's like, you got to stop here. I mean, why? Because I need to see my family and say goodbye. And they're mm-hmm. like, Okay. You realize they're probably dead. Yes, I know that. Okay. Oh, and by the way, we might be able to get the the gas out of the car that they're right is in the you know. So the solution, the reason how they do this is they park as far away from the house as possible. <laughs> uh, and we're like, why are they parking like two houses away from this? What's going on? So, um, Adrian, not Brian, and Mia. Go to the house. And Adrian goes inside, and not Brian and Mia go into the garage. Um, And uh, Kevin waits in the car. Yes. From this point on to the point where Adrian gets back in the car later in the episode, there are three separate timelines running. Right. With none of which which actually line up. Because they all like step into parallel universes where time runs at different rates. Because Adrian's story is not the same length of time as not Brian and Mia's story at all. Right. And their story is not the same time as Kevin's story at all. And Kevin's has no resemblance to the time frame of Adrian. It's just like, what the hell? Yeah. So, yeah. So, Adrian goes into the house. To see if his parents are alive. And his father is alive. And his father is eating something off the stove. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, where's mom? And he's like, in the living room. And so he goes into the living room where mom is. And she's dead. Her eyes have been pecked out by birds. Uh, and Here actually is when we get uh, the first indication of these two episodes. How long time has passed. Yeah. Day three, she stepped out on the porch... And the birds attacked her. His father is just like, he had such a big heart, and now I'm alone, and I don't care, because I'm awful. Right. And you're awful, too. I hate you. Mm-hmm. My horrible son. You're terrible. I don't love you at all. Right. And Adrian's like, I don't love you either. Yeah. And he's like, well, okay, now, we, now we're honest with each other. Yeah, now they're being honest. And I don't think your mother loved you either. She was more afraid of you than loved you. And he's like, and that's when Adrian's like, no, that's not true. She loved me, and... And he was like, you were always wrong. You were always, something was always wrong with because you. Because it's not that I, it's, it's, and he, I'm not going to say it the way he said it, because I, I'm just not. But basically, said it's not, it's not that you're gay. Mm-hmm. You know, your mother didn't, you know, your mother wasn't afraid of you because you were gay. I could have even dealt with it if you were gay. That's not it. You're just wrong. You know, there's something wrong inside you. And, you know, and your mother didn't, you know, your mom didn't love you. Right. And Adrian's like, don't say that. 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna go be my, with my friend Alex. She loves me, and he goes, No, she doesn't. She doesn't. Nobody could love you. And you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, she's she needs to be with a she's gonna needs to be with a boy who's gonna have sex with her. And he goes, oh, I did. And his father's like, Beg pardon. And mm-hmm. I, I remember watching this the first time. Uh, Oakland was on TV, and when he said that, I was like, Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> why? Why the? Why the mist? Why are we having to do this? So his father, he gets he's he's so infuriated with his father, that he grabs the shotgun off the table and he kills his dad. Right. He shoots his dad in the stomach, and then he lies down with him on the floor to sit there and tells him that you know. Alex loves me. Mom loved me. You love me. Mm-hmm. And he holds his dad's hand as his dad dies on the floor. Right. Um, okay. So, no, we're going to keep going because we can come back to this. <laughs> if we stop, if we stop, it'll just, you know. Yeah, so. So Kevin, meanwhile, is out in the truck. They left him in the truck. And uh, he sees. By the way, the gun has been fired. It is a shotgun. Right. Nothing, the sound does not carry in any way, shape, or form. No one reacts to the sound of a no. gunshot um, that would be incredibly loud in the in this, you know, empty, you know, no-car world of the mist. Right. You know, it would have been just like, they would have been like, what is that noise? Oh my mm-hmm. God, it's a gunshot. No, this does not happen. Because sound does not travel in this, in this mm-hmm. TV show. So, Kevin is sitting there in the car, and all of a sudden he sees a flashing light in the mm-hmm. background. Right, so then, despite the fact that the car is almost out of gas, and they have mentioned this light twice, um, he decides to go track down the flashing light. So he takes the car and drives away, leaving everyone behind yeah. to go find out what the flashing light is. Heedless entirely of the fact that the car can run out of oh, gas well, at any well, time. We can just, side note, we do all of Not Brian and Mia's story in like a second. Oh, yeah. Because they go and they... they, they siphon the gas out of the car and then they decide that even though they've both gone through some serious serious medical interventions in the last 12 hours that they need to do some fucking they need to have the sex right now uh they neither one of them reacts in any way as if anyone has been shot no or just gone through a physically grueling uh detoxification program it's just the power of the power of boners compels you, right? And they must they must to have the sex in the back seat of the car right now. Yeah, and it's like, why? Why are we doing this? Oh God! So that's it, you know. And then, oh, then they come back at the end. Then they all right. So Kevin Kevin down. gets out and he he's, he's driving down the road and he's watching the flashing light and it's flashing pretty rhythmically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's somebody giving a signal. And then he pulls up to this house and he sees the light flashing. And suddenly you realize it's a flashlight because it's running toward him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the guy from the GameStop at the mall. The game, you know, not GameStop, but whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he's got like, the, the people at the mall exiled. And he's banging on the window. Let me in, let me in. And he's like... Why would I do that? We've had bad, we've had poor experiences with total strangers. Right. I'm gonna probably not let you in. I'm more than a day player. Let me in. <laughs> I know your daughter. It's like, oh wait, what? She's at the mall. Oh my god, let me in. He lets him in, and he says, "Yeah, she's still alive. She's at the mall." And and they threw me out because they're terrible and crazy people there. And he's like, "We have to get to the mall." Okay. And they drive back. The car doesn't run out of gas. They get back to the house. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin's like, I gotta go inside and get the, get everybody. And he go, you know, he runs up to the door and starts calling for Adrian. And Adrian realizes that it looks bad. He yeah. has a bad situation on hand, which is he's just shot his father, and um, this could lead to some questions that he does not want to answer. Right. So he grabs a knife and he cuts himself. Mm-hmm. Um, the show continues its trend of not knowing how to deal with actual how blood actually works by having this really deep cut that he has done here um, more or less be cleaned up by a rag and it's just gone. That's not how this stuff works, but whatever. So uh, Kevin comes in and sees the scene and and Adrian's like, he tried to kill me and I shot him. So, So Kevin's like, Adrian's like, I don't have anyone left, I'm all alone. I don't have any family. And Kevin's like, no, 
we're your family. Me and Alex and Eve, we are your family. We will take care of you. And here, let me clean up your cut for you. They mm-hmm. go into the bathroom, and Adrian's sitting there, and he's like, do you promise, no matter what, that I will, will always be part of your family? And Kevin's, like, looking for iodine. He's like, yeah, yeah, of course. He's like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and about this time, Kevin's finding, like, antipsychotic medicine with Adrian's name on it. In the, yeah. And, uh, and he's like, hey, Adrian, why do you... And then... Adrian tells him that he was so afraid that Alex was going to find someone else and leave him, and she couldn't. He couldn't let his her first time be with somebody like Jay. That he's the one who drugged and raped her. Kevin's like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "You promised me that you would." You'd always be part of your family. And Kevin's like, yeah, well, so you left out some information. Yeah. And uh, Adrian grabs the, the shotgun. Mm-hmm. And he's threatening uh, Kevin with it. And so Kevin, they struggle and uh, uh, he smacks Kevin with a shotgun. And Kevin falls down. And then right. Adrian runs out into the car. And, and uh, meanwhile... Uh, Mia and not Brian have shown up and not put the gas in the car. Right. Uh, but he's like, oh no, Kevin's dead. Oh, we have to go to the my mall. My dad shot him and then I shot my dad. And I have to go to the mall because I promised, I promised Kevin I would take care of, of, of his wife and daughter and, and I, we gotta go. And I kept thinking, when? When did he promise he would do this? Right. Anyway. If anybody thought for even a second about the things that Adrian said, it oh, would yeah. not line up at all. And here's where I think that Adrian is problematic. Like, I did not... Like, I know that they thought that this was going to be, like, some great uh, twist that that Adrian is the um, is the rapist. But they yeah. thought, oh, they were going to set it up as this awesome twist that Adrian was the one who, um, who drugged and raped Alex because he's the gay kid, and no one thinks that the weird gay kid, you know, that's who you're going to have all your sympathies for. You're going to spend all this time working up your sympathies for this weird, you know, ostracized gay kid, and and then all of a sudden you're going to have it twisted. You're like, oh my goodness, like that's crazy town, and. You know, what a great twist, when actually, in reality, this is not a twist. This happens so often in mainstream media, where the gay character ends up being, like, there's a whole, whole documentary about it. There's a meme about, like, the, you know, evil gay. You know, this is not a new thing. This is not a new twist. This is not something that in 2017 was going to shock anybody. It just was bad. It was badly... Well, there's... And this is a bit of a digression, because there's still still more to, to recap and stuff in the mall, but the what this show consistently gets wrong is Adrian is not a sympathetic, sympathetic character at any point. Even, well, you got it right away. If you if you are prepared, if you are going to... If there was something wrong with him. If your goal is to build up sympathy for a character, straight or gay, and then yank the rug out of the audiences, uh, from underneath the audience, this big twist, mm-hmm. you have to have that character be sympathetic. He is so twitchy and weird and creepy. Mm-hmm. And he looks at... He sits there and he looks at people oddly the whole time and there are people like that and i've known people like that on my whole life Mm -hmm. and some of them are really great people and some of them are really creepy people who you do not want to be around he is a do not want to be around person at no point ever watching did i ever sit there and go yes i believe he and alex are friends Mm -hmm. all i can think is why are these two friends (laughs) why would you if you were a parent and this is the person your daughter was bringing around all the time You'd be like, why? What is, why are you, why do you, I'm concerned about this person. They make me nervous. And uh, it just, it never, I never had any sympathy for uh-huh. him. 
and was always creeped out by him. And I think that you know, if your if your goal is to make make you feel like, oh no, this is you know, Alex Alex's friend is a monster. It's like mm-hmm. okay, oh he's a monster. Okay, sure, saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, to basically have him be the evil gay character, um, and not even. It's almost it's almost so textbook for all the things they get wrong. He's on antipsychotics, mm-hmm. so clearly the gay character is crazy, right? You know, his father doesn't like his father hates him because he's not m- a, enough of a man. Yeah, and it's like it's like they're going down the checklist of the of the cliches of of you know the mm-hmm. the bad gay character. Right. It's like oh my god, why are you doing this? Yeah, the whole thing was really badly done, in my opinion, when it comes to Adrian. Like, the whole, every part of his story was wrong. Well, and it, it extends over over to Jay, too, because we're supposed to have sympathy for Jay. Mm-hmm. These are two characters we're supposed to have sympathy for. You're supposed to suspect Jay might have been a rapist, but then you're supposed to have sympathy for him as Alex is, like, you know, standing right. by him. But here's and here's the problem that I have with this. Like, I would... I almost think would I'd be okay with Adrian is creepy and weird and like cuz you know and he's just not a an a well kid because he's lived in a bad situation I would have thought the better twist instead of oh no Adrian is the rapist if it turned out that yes, Jay was the rapist, and he's been spending all this time in the mall gaslighting Alex into these two. These two actors should have switched roles. <laughs> but the, there's absolutely no way that the kid who played Adrian could have played Jay. There's no well, way. Well, you'd, you'd, no, you'd have to. You'd have to. Well, no, you no. He'd still be Jay, but he would be that creepy kid. Jay, the the the, the kid playing Jay would be the gay best friend. And he'd be revealed as the rapist, but you'd suspect the skinny, creepy kid who always looked at you funny. Yeah. Uh, and then the reveal was no, the the pretty, the pretty gay best friend turned out. If you if you want to go with the mm-hmm. evil gay character, don't make him the evil gay character with a big sign pointing at him going, yeah. and make him twitchy, creepy, because it's so it's like you know all these. Oh, yeah, it's just so it's bloody bad. Obvious. It was bad. It's. It's a bad. It's a bad show. But they cast. But they, the kid they cast as Jay, when he smiles about half the time, his smile looks creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. So he's sneering, right? So it's just it's so poorly done. And this is not. This is not knocking the talents of the two of the of the two actors. No, they're both very committed to their like like I, we've said this like five or six times, you know, as we've covered the mist slowly but surely. Um, the casting on this show is awesome. I don't have a problem with anybody's ability. I don't have a problem with anybody's, the choices that they have made. Some of them are working really, really hard to yeah. sell really, really bad writing. Yeah. Oh, no, the no the writing on this show is so, it's so frustrating. It's just so frustrating. There is a good show. There is a good ten episode show based on the novella The Mist. This is not it. <laughs> so anyway, I mean we could we could we could just tear this whole thing apart because We have been. I know. But I mean there's there's more you could there's more to unpack because he's yeah. like you said, he's hardly the first character, the first evil gay character that's been mishandled. Mm. It's a whole trope. It's a whole you know, there there have there's been a lot of information put out about there, and it's worth looking into. I would have even accepted um, that you know he's on these these psycho, you know he's anti psychotics, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know if he did it or not, and he's afraid that he might have done it. And as he's mess, missed more and more of his drugs over the course of the mist, he's becoming more and more aware that he did it. See, the problem there is that you would have to establish a sense of time. Right. And this show is... Didn't do that. ...so bad at giving you any... I'm serious. We are in episode... Episode 8 before I am sure. I believe someone actually says yeah. it's been seven days. The mall manager says it's been a week. And I'm like, this is way too long into the show for me to have a sense of when, mm-hmm. how long this is taking. 
And then it makes it worse because as we're at the mall, I'm sitting there looking going, it's seven days. No one has changed their clothes. Yeah, no everybody one. Everybody reeks. It, no, well, Alex changed clothes. Only when he went, smartly went off to a clothing store and changed clothes. It's like, what the hell is wrong with these people? They all got to stink. They've all got to be sweaty as hell. Um, you know, again, the mall is a place where light doesn't work like light works, and I, nobody, you know, nobody's hot. Mm-hmm. The air is all, you know, it's not remotely stagnant. Oh wait, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. All these things, it's like it completely destroys that sense of time passing. When they, right. you look at somebody and they're seven days later, supposedly they're wearing the same clothes they wore all week long. And the mall manager has got his tie on and his white shirt. And the white shirt doesn't have sweat stains on it. Or the collar the, the, the collar of the shirt is even a little bit dark. Mm-hmm. You know, with a little bit of dirt from his neck or anything. It's like, what are you... Okay, God. Ugh. Speaking of the mall manager, mm. um, he has a store, a cache of granola bars, of protein bars... In his office, like boxes and boxes. At first, it only shows two, but later, that's that's in episode seven. It shows that there are two that he's got hidden in his desk. Then later, in episode eight, he's got like a full like case of them. Um, that and everyone else is really scared because they only got two days of rations left. And they, they have the flyers from the last, previous episodes that you know the military is coming. Of course, weren't mm. real, and but they they think they are, so they're like. We don't even know when they're going to get here. Yeah. And we have to hold out for another couple days. And everyone's like, we're really hungry. And the mall security guy, who is kind of awful. Yeah. So he's got this, this this hoarding thing going on. Yeah. And then you've got the mother of the girl who was eaten by the mist monster. And she's crazy. Um, and she's kind of just losing it a little bit because every time she sees Alex, she's like, "Kill her!" Yeah, how did she live and not my daughter die? And Alex and Jay are having little meet cute moments, uh, and Alex's mom is like, "No, no, no!" Right again, Eve is having a completely rational reaction to seeing what's happening in front of her, and everybody's acting like she's crazy. Right, and. And there's just, I realize that your emotions make you do funny things when you're mm-hmm. a teenager, but I am having a really, really hard time with Alex just looking at this guy. The power, the power of the pretty face, the power of boners compels you again yeah. because she's just like, because he said I didn't do it. She's like, okay, sure. It's like, but if he did it, he would say that too. Yeah. So, yeah. So the suspicion that everyone is treating Jay with. Is kind of justified. Mm-hmm. And his reactions, again, of these two episodes, are completely wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, these people don't even know. I don't know. It's like, they keep looking at this and going, have you met humans before? No. And the answer seems does seem to be no. So um, Eve decides that she can't take this anymore, and she, they send Jay to go get uh, water. water, and they lock him in a little room because, of course, and he's... I don't know where, storage room on the first floor, mm-hmm. but apparently nobody can hear him as he's banging on the doors because sound doesn't travel in the mist universe. Yeah, and not only that, it's like, everybody's so worried about um, running out of rations, and they just sent Jay to get water like, eh, get a couple of seven bottles yeah. of water. And then lock him in the storage room. So this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And then... They have, they have, uh, Eve, Eve has managed to take a baby monitor mm-hmm. and put it in one of the plants inside the main mall area. So as our mall people are talking, the baby monitor manages to pick up all of their mm-hmm. communications. That's not how baby monitors actually work, by the way. Right. But whatever. Um, so they've been able to hear that them, go, them saying, well, maybe they have food in the loading dock and we should go take it from them. Yes. And they're like, this is bad. And then, um, you know, burn. We have to burn Eve. Um, yeah, we have to. No, we have to burn Alex because Alex is the devil. And which I kept expecting, like this mob. Yeah, you know, like nobody seems and... to be like. It's the mom. The mom of the daughter is like losing it and mm-hmm. saying all this stuff, and nobody's really taking her that seriously. They keep like, everybody's like, stop trying to start the crazy cult, like. 
you know, that's happening at the church. You know? <laughs> that's don't... not our storyline. Yeah. Okay? If you wanted to do that, you should have been cast in that part. Right. So, um, essentially what happens is um, Mom of Dead Daughter is has a shrine. A huge <laughs> shrine to her now. Yeah, when, when, it comes, when it comes time for them to go, hey, why are we out of candles? We know why. Yeah. Because she's built this. And she's built it. In front of the bookstore, which is full of mist now. Which I'm thinking, mm, this seems like a dangerous thing to do. Yeah, why? Why are we doing this? But, eh. So, she's sitting there praying to her daughter's headshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so... Uh... And, you know, like, you couldn't just take a... Like, I, I can just imagine that moment on set. They're like, hey, should we take a cu- couple of... Candidates of of Becky before her her stuff is done. So that when we need, no, yeah, just pull it off IMDb. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> so, so the mall manager comes up and he's like, "Look, you got to stop uh, accusing Alex of being some sort of devil thing. It's starting to get out of hand, and we really need to like clamp that down." And she says, "Oh, I know it's not her. Yeah. I know it's not her fault." Um, it's been really hard for me, and, you know, the fact just to see her happy and alive has been really hard. And he says, well, you have to you have to tell people. And she goes, okay, I'll do that after you tell people. And he says, what? Mm-hmm. About your secret stash of food? Yeah, the dun, perfume bar you have in your office? Because I would buy the office to talk to you. I was going to confess. I was going to say, hey, it's gotten out of hand. We have to, we, I can't do this anymore. And then I found the stuff. And he's like, oh no. So she goes, I'm going to go tell him. And he goes, oh no. And then yeah. he beats her to death and then strangles her. With one of her many, many candle holders. Lesson, let that be a lesson to you. If you're going to have build a shrine to a fallen loved one uh, in a when evil mist is attacking a town. Use paper towels. I'm sorry, seriously. Or don't... <laughs> <laughs> don't build the, don't use the heavy candlesticks. Right. I mean, they are they they, they people will hit you on the back of the head with them. So anyway, he he hears people coming and he like calls for help, pretending like he just found her body. And when they ask him, oh, first the security guards like you did this, you obvious because it's obvious like you he's the one who did it. Yeah, and terrible security guard. You know, he's he's terrible both both episodes. And here he's like, nope, he's right. He's, yeah. he's dead on. He's Actually, a very good detective at right. that moment. Um, and then the mall manager is like, no, it was Alex. I saw her running away from the area. She did it. And uh, that's kind of where it ends. And I really um, wish that in any way they used anyone's name at any point. Oh, yeah, because half the time the it's like, we have to look up character names because they go out of your head. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine watching this. We watch two episodes at a time. Yeah. And if you were tuning into the end of the show every week and just watching one episode at a time, it oh, would be yeah. so easy to forget people's names and be from week to week. It's just, it's very poorly, poorly planned out in a lot of different ways. And it's really unfortunate because there is a 10 episode, really disturbing TV miniseries about, you know, turning the novella into... Mm-hmm. Uh, a 10-episode miniseries. And it could have... They could have hit... Honestly, honestly, they could have had the, th- the three same plot arcs. Mm-hmm. People trapped in a church, people trapped in a mall, and somebody trying to get to their family members at the mall. They could have had the ex- same, exact same situation happening, and it been a good show. But they just didn't. They didn't planned this well they didn't think about it ahead of time like you know they have an episode in the middle of the series that's flashback I yeah. have no fla- like i'm waiting for narration to show to pop up <laughs> at this point like and that's how the people of the mall found the mist was misty well i just i'm just so i'm there again I, like i said at the beginning of the episode there's so little sense of immediate threat uh-huh. of the things coming to get you that it's just that takes it makes everything crawl i mean it's it mm-hmm. sucks it sucks the urgency out of so much of the show right so well i think we've sucked the urgency out of this particular set of episodes yeah. uh we will do this again next week with the final two episodes of the mist 
Uh, and then it will be over. And then we will do something else. But um, as always, we thank you guys for listening. If you are uh, hearing us on iTunes or podcast.com, it would be fantastic if you were to give us a rating or leave us a comment. That sort of thing always helps draw attention to a podcast, uh, gets you more listeners, right. move up on charts. I don't have no idea where we fall on anything resembling a chart, but we could be... We could be in a better position. Yeah. Um, you can look us up on Facebook. Yes. There's also a Zompocalypse Now Twitter account. We didn't use it tonight because um, I think last time we hate watched The Mist, I almost got us banned. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out uh, if you t- uh, hashtag hate watch. Um, if you, it, yeah. If you hashtag hate enough times, yeah. that gets the. Uh, that gets, um, See, we don't, th- we don't think these mm-hmm. things through all the time. Uh, but oh well. So yeah, it's maybe maybe we won't do that so much. Right. But yeah, you can find us at all these different places. And again, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear that as well. If you had something you'd like us to hear us do, or something you'd like to hear us review, we'd like to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as always, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we will be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And again, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Apocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey. All rights reserved.